Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Laura. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Happy late Thanksgiving to all of my American listeners and season's greetings to everyone else. As promised, I have a very special end of the year episode for you. It's the most wonderful time of the I know you already know the subject because y'all saw the episode title, but it's It's Christmas in Kansas City and the snow is falling down. The plaza lights are pretty. It's good to be in my hometown. The plaza lights. And the plaza This year has been weird and frankly rather awful for many of us. But hey, good news if you haven't heard, there are three, yes, three vaccines that have proven over 90% positive, meaning it's highly successful at eliminating and preventing COVID-19. Yay! Seriously, I do a little mini dance even time I even think about this because the sooner it's approved, the sooner it can be distributed to everyone, you know, frontline workers... Um, elderly, and those with pre-existing conditions first, but then the rest of us can get it, and then we can visit friends and family, and go to events, and concerts, and travel. It'll be so good, I just can't wait. Never, never thought that this would actually last over a year. I mean, I should have looked back in 1919 and been like, yeah, 1918, sorry. I should have looked back at 1918, but been like, yeah, this will last a year or more. But no, I was, you know, hopeful that with our modern science, this wouldn't be as bad, but here we are. Okay, anyways, um, so this is the home stretch. We don't have the vaccine yet. Please be good. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Stay at home if you're sick. Dear God, stay at home if you're sick. And if you are sick, do not invite other people over to your house, which I recently heard is also happening. And don't travel, but if you are going to travel, just be extra careful, please. Alright, so all of that was actually just to say, this weird, this year has been weird, mostly because of COVID. Uh, this summer also saw another rise in police shootings and a national resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement because they were protesting police brutality and equal justice rights. Or for equal justice rights. Uh, And that led me to produce my last series, Hashtag Black Lives Matter, which focuses on stories of racism and civil rights in Kansas City's past. Um, Reminder that my interview with Dr. Carmen Williams of the Black Archives of Mid-America, which is usually a Patreon-exclusive episode um, in honor of 
the last series, is available to everyone, but only until December 31st. On January 1st, it becomes a patron-exclusive episode again, so listen while you can. Alright, so as I was recording those episodes, you know, I realized I really didn't want to end the year on that vibe. I had aimed for serious and respectful because these were some very serious, very difficult topics. And I feel like I hit that note successfully. But I also aimed for hopeful, despite the horror. And, you know, I feel like instead I was just angry and disgusted at the realities of our past. And not only our past, but the past and the events of the past are still so present. I think that's what really upset me the most, that there are some very, very bad things from our past that still occur today. And if you're uncertain what I'm talking about, then you obviously haven't listened to those episodes, have you? Please go do so. Some of it is hard to handle, but as I said in those episodes, it's only once we acknowledge the past, the truths of the past, and how they affect us today that we can start to make things better. So yeah, I didn't want to end on that note. Um, So I was like, you know what, let's do one more, something light and happy. And I just could not think of anything that I could do as one episode all by itself until I saw a post about the Plaza Lights on a Facebook group that I'm a member of. I thought, yes, this is so perfect. So here we are. Okay, actually, before I talk about the Plaza Lights, I want to backtrack for a minute and give you a brief history of Christmas lights in general. You may or may not know that the Christmas tree is a very, very old German tradition. It even has pagan and ancient Roman roots. And as fascinating as that is, I won't go into that right now. But in the 1830s, people started to decorate their Christmas trees with candles. And, of course, Queen Victoria made the practice extremely popular during her reign. Thanks, Victoria. Props to you. Thomas Edison patented, ah, dang, this is one of those English words that I just cannot pronounce, patent, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. He came up with a new carbon filament for light bulbs in 1879. The filament is that tiny part that you see inside the light bulb, but it's a bunch of wires. So Edison's actually not the first to create a light bulb ever, like, even though that that's Deeply implied, if not outright taught in elementary schools, you know, you have this idea, Edison invented the light bulb. No, Edison did not invent the light bulb. He just created a cheaper, easier design, and basically that design won the race at the time. And I tell you this because we're talking about plaza lights. This is the origin of the light bulb. Anyways, um, I will, for those of you who are interested, include a link to this page on the history of the light bulb on the website. And aside from his admittedly substantial contribution to the evolvement of the light bulb in general, Edison has another connection to Christmas lights. So in 1882, his VP, Edward Johnson, decided to use this new shiny, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, shiny invention to decorate his Christmas tree instead of the candles. And the world was never the same again. There are a couple other interesting um, highlights to the history of Christmas lights, Um, but we're going to skip all of that and jump ahead into our favorite time period in American history. I just cannot let it go. The 1920s. So the start of the Plaza Lights is credited to Charles Pete Pitrat. He was a maintenance supervisor for the J.C. Nichols Company. Uh, You will remember, if you are a long-time listener, that I've mentioned J.C. Nichols in other episodes. 
He owned his own construction company here in KC, and he is actually responsible for designing and building the Country Club Plaza, which is an outdoor shopping center. Uh, he did that in the early 1920s. So Pete, for reasons unknown but deeply appreciated, decided to hang a small strand of lights across the storefront of the Mill Creek building. And everyone thought this was a grand idea, so each year there were more lights and more lights, and then eventually we have what we have today. The first official plaza lighting ceremony occurred in 1930, and the plaza lights have been up and turned on every year since 1925. Okay, so I guess I didn't specify, but I, if I remember correctly, because I'm not seeing it in my notes either, um, the first strand of lights that Pete hung up was in 1925. But uh, anyways, the, the lights have been up every year except for 1973. Now, that's kind of random. If anything, I would have expected them to not have the lights during World War One or World War Two, maybe even Vietnam, you know in support of the war or something like that. But no, it's Christmas of 73. Mm, something about Nixon and foreign oral. I don't care. Anyways, it's a big deal here in Kansas City, and there's a lot of work that goes into maintenance of these lights. So according to my source, quote, each stringer is made to fit in one exact spot, the same spot, every year. The installation crew from Capital Electric uses a, quote, secret code, end quote, on aluminum tags to identify where they belong. Each stringer has a series of numbers corresponding to the building, the location on the building, and the height at which it's hung. Every plaza light comes down each year and is tested individually on a workbench and inspected for damage. Installation of the lights begins in early August. They shine from Thanksgiving through mid-January and are removed by April. April, excuse me. End quote. So the bulbs that burn out are apparently turned into souvenirs. I did not know this. I was like, upcycle and reuse, and it's good for the environment? This is so cool. I really want one. Where are they? It gets even better. In 2013, Rally House, which has multiple locations across the metro, sold them and then gave a portion of the sale to Children's Mercy. For non-Kansas City natives, Children's Mercy is one of the top-rated children's hospitals in America, and we are very proud of it. Unfortunately, it kind of looks like that was only in 2013, at least I couldn't find any information that said it was still going on. But hey, if you're listening and this is your job, this needs to make a comeback. You need to reinstate this fundraiser. This year, Made by KC is selling them, but only in person at their plaza location. Um, I went and bought one, of course, and it's on my tree and it's adorable. But um, I noticed that the Hallmark store on the plaza is also selling them. Anyway, today, um, all of the lights are LED, of course, and they have been for several years now. And something I never um, realized before is that they're all color-coded. So, like, all of the towers are all the same color. Now, I knew that, like, this building, this is all one color. I knew that. But I just didn't realize that there are multiple towers. Well, okay. I knew there were multiple towers. I didn't realize that the color on each tower is the same, if this is all making sense. The ceremony is on Thanksgiving Day, and there are performers, and then there's this big switch, which actually does connect to the lights, and it's how they're turned on other like and other things where it's just a symbolic thing. No, this one actually works. 
um, and there are fireworks, and it's really a great way to kick off the season. Local celebrity guests are usually invited to flip the switch. We've had Walter Cronkite, who is a world-renowned newscaster, or was, he's passed on. Um, Buck O'Neill, who is also passed on now, but was a tremendous baseball player during the Negro League period which I haven't covered yet, but I plan to in the future. And he was just huge in Kansas City. He was always doing something, helping somebody. Uh, we've had Trent Green, Tony Gonzalez, Marcus Allen, really just a lot of chief players, um, and several others. Confession time. I've never actually seen the ceremony in person. As a kid, we lived far enough away, and I have a big enough family. It wasn't something we could easily do. Um, then I grew up, and I moved away. When I moved back, I was like, I'm an adult. I'm going to do this now. But it's such a big draw. I mean, thousands of people come to this. It's not just Kansas Cityans. There are other people who drive in to see it. That I would have to go a few hours early for parking alone, you know? And that's about the time that we sit down to eat Thanksgiving dinner. So yeah, it just hasn't worked out that I've gone yet. And this year, there was no ceremony. It was only available online or streaming. It's not the same. But the lights are on. So if you haven't ever been, it's really fun to go. Even if you're just walking around. Doing, I mean, just walking. It's, it's really fun. And they're very beautiful. I will have photos on the website and social media. Um, we have... Two other light displays in Kansas City that y'all should visit too. Um, Christmas in the Park is an annual drive through display at Longview Lake Park, and it's free. And there's also Winter Magic, uh, which is another drive through display at Swope Park. Winter Magic is $20 per car, but y'all, you can stuff the car, and it's totally worth it. Um, again, I've not been to either of these, although I've heard really good things about them. I plan on trying to go this year, uh, maybe taking my nephew. Um, some other holiday, winter, fun things to do in the city. The ice skating rink at Crown Center is open. The Crown Center always has beautiful Christmas decorations you can go walk around and look at. And, of course, they have the mayor's Christmas tree. Um, there was no Christmas tree lighting ceremony this year. Again, canceled and available streaming or on TV. Um, that was Black Friday, so that's past now. I did go to the Mayor's Christmas Tree Lion Ceremony last year, and it was so fun. Okay, look, so the weather was absolutely terrible. We had had freezing rain most of the day and during part of the ceremony. But the performers were really talented, and then when the tree was lit, um, the lights went off in time to music. I don't remember what the song was. I think it was something by TSO. But this was one of those magical times when, oh, I, I should also mention there were fireworks. So despite the loud, booming fireworks and the cheering of the fans, you could actually hear the music. It was awesome. And then there was a flash of lightning at the very end because there was a storm coming. So we all left super fast, but in time with the music and the lights and the fireworks, the lightning looked really cool. Um, as far as I know, Zona Rosa has their lights display up, but I think they also canceled their Christmas tree lighting ceremony. 
I know the Legends definitely canceled theirs. They also put up the tree and the lights like super early this year. I was there several weeks ago now, and it was already up. Okay, so um, if you, if your um, neighborhood or your city or whatever has any holiday festivals for us to join, let us know so I can let everybody else know. I have decided to fill as much of my December month with as much cheesy feel-good Christmas stuff as possible, and I figured y'all wanted to as well. So in that spirit, let me tell you about Union Station. I love the Union Station. It's my favorite building in Kansas City. I've probably mentioned that before. They offer so much to our community, and every year they have this big, beautiful indoor Christmas tree and beautiful decorations and a train for kids to ride. It's amazing. This year, they've done something completely new with their decorations, and I'm really excited for it. It's called Home for the Holidays, and what they're doing is you pay $5 to get in, and you have to schedule your time because it's super popular now. And they're also trying to do this, the social distancing and keep the crowd down kind of thing. But like it's this whole brand new setup, and from the photos they've posted on Facebook, it looks amazing. So y'all should check that out. They also have an outdoor holiday market. Again, pay to get in at $7.50 a person, and they're doing the um like the timed entry to try and keep the crowds down. But that was really fun. I went and did that, and it's a lot of local vendors and homemade stuff. So you can go to www.visitkc.com forward slash visitors slash things dash do slash holiday dash events dash Kansas dash city. Sorry, that's terribly, that's just terrible to read aloud. Um, I will post this link to the website and social platforms so that you guys can see all the list of fun things to do. So as I said, we all need more joy in our lives, especially this year. And that is the end of today's episode. I know that actual history portion of this episode was short and vague. I apologize. I really wanted to give you more, but you know, the only thing I could find was that story about Pete hanging up the string of lights, and then it's it's just one of those things that it's meant to be, and it becomes the Plaza Lights. Um, I did have one source that said that the number of lights was unknown, but since they have such a specific organizational system with codes and everything someone somewhere at the electric company has a list and the total number of lights currently in use i did find um a newspaper ad from 94 that said that there were 200,000 light bulbs connected to 75 miles of wire that year so you know it's that many or more today because that's shoot almost 20 years ago Sometimes I realize something from the 90s is 20 years ago, and I'm like, damn, I am old. It doesn't feel like it. Um, There's also a short blurb from another article that mentioned where the lights have been stored over the years, but I didn't think y'all would actually care about that. And if you do, and I just crushed your heart, I'm sorry. So, um, as I said, I I had a few articles for the lights. Um, There were several modern articles that mention the story about Pete. Um, And I want to send out another thank you to Matt for 
sending me some scans from the Missouri Valley Research Center since I'm still not able to visit y'all. Links to the history of lights, Christmas lights, and the Christmas tree, three separate links there, uh, will be available on the website. A couple other housekeeping things before I sign off. So I know that I promised y'all I would get the website up to date with all these past episodes, and I haven't yet done so. It's still on my to-do list, I promise. And the snippets from the beginning of the show are from the song Christmas in Kansas City by Brad Millison. It was recorded in 1985. And also, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams, recorded in 1963. If you are are enjoying the show, I hope you'll give me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. One listener recently said, quote, it's calming to listen to, and quote, soothing. I'm really not sure why. I know that my voice is not smooth or melodious. I almost decided not to do the podcast because I didn't think people would want to listen to my voice. And this is not false modesty. I genuinely do not like the way I sound recorded. But this is a complaint that I've also heard from several other podcasters. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a thing with the microphone. But... um Thank you for that review, Chris Ranger. I actually found it really delightful and charming, and it made my day when I saw that. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. I am HomegrownKC on all of those. You can also visit my website for additional information and articles discussing all of the topics that I mention in my shows. The website is homegrownkc.wordpress.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkc at gmail.com. You can also find my email on my website. I know that financially it's been a tough year, especially with the holidays coming. So if you can't support the show financially, that's fine. Like I said, give me a rating, give me a review, uh, like and follow me on social media. But if you can support the show and you want to, Uh, It's $5 a month. You sign up, create an account, subscribe to the show. You charge that day and then on the first of the month afterwards. And everything that you give goes back to the show. Um, Mostly paying my gas bill as I go to the library or to the museum to do research. Um, I've yet to mention, I'm sorry, I should have. Uh, You can subscribe at patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. And then once you do that, you receive a shout-out here on the show. So thank you, Mike, Bjorn, and Linda, for your support. Deeply appreciate y'all. And you also receive access to my exclusive patron episodes, which are my interviews with other historians and uh, folks from museums and archives. And, you know, if you want to give, but... Not on a monthly basis, you can give a monthly donation. Um, sorry, you can give a one-time donation um, at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. Thank you goes out to my very talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, who created my logo. To the dear missus for the use of their song, Kansas City, as the intro and outro music of the show. And to local libraries, which enable me to gather all my research. Be kind to one another, be safe, wear a mask and trust science. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Yule, Happy Solstice, Happy St. Nicholas Day, and Feliz Las Posadas. 
I hope you all have a wonderful, joyful, and safe holiday. Thank you for listening. Seem to shake this feeling And I can seem to 